Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, I'm Michael Sestouli and welcome to Cinemates, a podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks. In this episode, I'm joined by Tom and Angus Newell. Together with the Newell brothers, we chat about an underrated classic, Whiplash, directed by Damien Chazelle and starring Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. While drinking some better beer lagers, we talk about obsession and the lengths people go to to achieve greatness, Simmons and Teller's iconic performances, and how the film has one of the best film endings in cinema. As always, make sure you're following Cinemates wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star review to support us. Now sit back and enjoy this episode of Cinemates. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Open the pod bay doors now. Tom and Angus, welcome back once again. How are we going? Great, Michael. Thank Great. you for having me again. Very good. I'm happy to be here uh, for something other than Marvel. I think I've done one other thing than Marvel, but <laughs> nice. I love Change it up. Yeah, it's a cracker. Uh, but before we get into it, just a quick check in with you both. TV show or movie, what has been the best thing you've watched recently? Um, I will go with uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. Wow, yeah, because Angus, you were raving about that as well. Yeah, look, I would have said that as well, but uh, I watched it with Tom, so I'll let him have that one. Uh, I am currently watching The White Lotus. Um, I watched the whole first season in one day. <laughs> I won't say if what that day was a that work was. day or a weekend. <laughs> uh, worst thing you've watched recently? Uh, i got to say Black Adam. I, <laughs> I really was not a fan of Black Adam. It's just, It was just a broken apart 
action movie with Dwayne the Rock Johnson just smoldering the whole time. So <laughs> similar to a Bradley Cooper in Burnt. No, no, that was a masterpiece. That truly, <laughs> truly was a masterpiece. Yeah, I, I haven't seen Black Adam. Don't know if I even want to. Um, but haven't yeah, heard great I wouldn't, things. I wouldn't waste your money. Watch it like on three times speed when it comes out. Or something. <laughs> Angus, worst thing you watched recently? Um, this was on a a pretty dark Sunday for me. Um, but okay. I got on. I think it's on Netflix. Um. It's called Not Okay. It's like a weird comedy romance slash um, satire on social media and gaining fame. And I rated it one and a half stars out of five. It was just very cringy and I was really off myself watching it. (laughs) (laughs) And you wish you had those like hour and a half to it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Nice. All right. Thing that you're most excited for? Uh, I got a couple here. So they're a bit far down the line, but I've got Killers of the Flower Moon, mm. um, which is the new Scorsese movie coming up. Yep. Um, and I've also got Oppenheimer, which is Nolan's next, uh, next yeah. flick. So <laughs> Fuck yeah. Very Killers of the Flower Moon doesn't even have a date yet. So. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We'll I, be waiting. It was announced ages ago and yeah. I just, I don't know what's going on with it, but I'm excited anyway. Absolutely. Now let's get into Whiplash, Damien Chazelle, one of his first. To listeners out there who haven't seen the film yet, boys, what would we say about it in one word? And what would we rate it out of five stars? I would say anxiety. Mm. Um, and I would rate it. I'm not even going to explain my word. I'm just going to say anxiety. And I would rate it four and a half. No five. I, I'm very strict with my five. I, okay. need, I need to tear up at some point. <laughs> and I, don't, I didn't really tear up yeah. in Whiplash. It's just like gripping the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it is. Fair enough. Tom? Mine is, yeah, similar to <laughs> Angus's. I've got uh, torture as my word. Mm. Um, and I, like I also had a four and a half out of five just because the movies that I rate five stars out of five, I hold very, very dear to my heart. The Interstellar. Interstellar. The yeah, yeah. Interstellar. No, only basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a couple. There's Endgame and No Home. Yeah, nice. Yeah, um, I, yeah, nice. I agree. I think um, I'm going to disagree on the rating front i'm gonna give it a five just because we'll talk about why but it's very because it came out in 2014 i was 16 16 at the time and for me it was one of those indie films that really like made me appreciate like cinematography music editing more rather than just sort of watching movies for what they are like acting or a storyline like yeah yeah those other components came into it so much and yeah Yeah. absolutely um, so for me, it was very like kind of pioneering for my own relationship with cinema, if you want to call it, getting pretty deep here. But um, for that, I gave it a five um, and I hold it very dear because of that. Um, and I think that some elements were incredible, which we'll talk about. But my word was similar to yours, uh, obsession. Yeah. Because I think that, yeah, the kind of torture, obsession, anxiety, very much what the movie's about. So if you haven't seen it, seriously do yourself a favor. It's an incredible film. And yeah, just a masterclass in directing, acting, yeah. Screenplay writing. <laughs> yeah. So now let's get into it. I think for me, as I was saying, I think that the film is just stunning and it really talks about obsession and what lengths people will go to to kind of follow their dreams um, and, like, reach their goals, I think. Become the best. Become the best. And, like, put a stamp on the earth. Mm. 
leaving a legacy, yeah. if you will. Um, I think JK and Miles Teller were incredible. I don't know how old Miles Teller was when he did this, but I thought that... This is 2014. Yeah. He, his largest role before that was The Spectacular Now, that um, one with Shailene Woodley, the mm. romance movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he's probably 20... He's 30, he's 30 31 now, so... What early twenty. Oh, so 20s. he's twenty three then. Yeah. yeah, he's twenty three at the time. Yeah, very I, young. Yeah, I think yeah, that that he killed it, and Damien Chazelle as well would have also been pretty young. Directing. I think that was his first uh, feature film. Mm, it was his, yeah, that was f- his first fully funded feature film. It was still indie, so it wasn't like yeah. um, huge spend on it. Yeah. But he's got his like three. So he's got um, Whiplash. He's got La La Land, mm. and he's got Babylon coming out. Yeah. And First Man. First, first Man. man yeah, but yeah. yeah, I wouldn't classify that in his less three. of a yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I did. I did see that um, both Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons said going into filming this movie, they didn't really know what to expect with oh, really? Damien Chazelle because, like, it was a bit unknown to the sort of film arena. And mm. but they both said that when they did get there, it was very f- refreshing to see that like how efficient and prepared he was for all of his shots, and he just sort of like got what he needed to get done, mm. done, and just moved on with it. So. Yeah, I think um, I didn't really kind of know this earlier until researching for this episode, but um, it was a short film before and he created it and uh, entered it into the Sundance Film Festival where it won and that sort of attracted all the investment to then turn it into a feature. Um, but then they shot the movie in like 17 days on yeah. like a few million dollars. Yeah, because Miles, Miles says in an interview like he would walk in and they would shoot a scene and um, Chazelle would two takes at like one angle and be like, okay, let's move on. I need the other angle. Same thing, other angle, just so they like they have the switching in the scene. But Miles was like, oh my God, like is he going to have enough film, enough like mm-hmm. content to like flesh out this movie? And then he was like, when I watched it, I was like amazed at like how he used what he had. Yeah. And like to think that, especially some of the performances, namely JK and Miles, if, if they only had a few takes, the takes that were in the final product were insane. We're throwing so many facts out here now, but just to even start it, like um, JK says when he was playing Fletcher, um, the scenes that they were shooting, Miles was playing the drums because Miles knows how to play drums. Mm. He learned since he was 15. Um, and then there were actually like stage band like performers in the, yeah. in the scenes. And um, JK would just test the waters and like jump in, interrupt them and do his lines to try and, you know, make these professionals flinch. And he's like, yeah, like, they had to do a little bit of acting as well because I was being harsh, but they um, were definitely used to this manner of like beration. Like, oh, really? So yeah. they were kind of already. Yeah, they, used he's to like, I, I could tell that they sort of weren't phased by you know what I was saying. <laughs> so Damien Giselle as well. He said that he um, was a drummer at a young age, and he had a pretty. He was in college, he and he a, was a nutcase of a doing stage of a yeah. music teacher. This is whole written from his like yeah, his experience. experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, but I think before we dive more deeply into some of the parts that make it so good, I think that what often goes unnoticed um, is the editing and the music. Mm. They won Academy Awards for them both, as well as Best Supporting Actor for JK. But just incredible rewatching, and I was like, wow, like the way it's edited, the way it's shot, it's kind of a bit quirky. I think that, you know, Chazelle has that sort of style of like um, – you know, very long lingering shots, but then he's also got those They're kind really of quick, quick rapid cuts. Yeah. yeah, 100%. And you can start to see him like developing that style that we now see in La La Land and yeah. 
um, probably will see in Babylon as well. What I would say to add on to that is like, especially with my word anxiety, those quick cuts and close-ups on like eyes and like <clears throat> fingers, blood, mm. like, and they're just quick cuts. But sometimes the cuts with the music are off beat, like by maybe half a second or a second. Mm. And that's giving you the impression of being a little bit on edge. And yeah. I feel like that's also really um, in relation to how jazz music is as well. Yeah, It's a little bit off and funky and, and weird. And like the, the capturing of that with the... Um, the camera angles and the shots like fully captures that whole sphere. Absolutely. Yeah. On the note of that as well, um, Damien Giselle did say that he wanted to try um, by using sort of like the instruments and the physical toll and like psychological trauma torture mm. um, of the musicians and stuff and the blood and the sweat and the close-up shots. He was trying to emulate this um, sort of essence of like sports movies and boxing mm. movies and try sort of parallel these two together to show how like they're really not like someone working on their different. craft is like similar in these ways that they just go through so much pain to get yeah. to like ultimate success. Absolutely. And I think um, on that as well, a lot of it doesn't have dialogue. It's just either like Andrew on his own perfecting his craft, doing rehearsing, like you know, listening to Buddy Rich on a CD, sitting on the floor in his like dorm room, mm. stuff like that. And I think that those sorts of scenes where, um, you know, you're seeing someone pursuing their dream and like wanting to be great, but it's like very real in that like they don't have other people there supporting them. It's those, purely on those their scenes own. are like the stuff they're doing behind the curtain. Yeah, and that like you will never see like a professional do. No. when you're watching a movie and you're watching it from this point of view as a, as a viewer, mm. you're seeing like the grit and grind they're putting behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what makes the movie so good. One more thing before we really dive into the weeds. What do you guys think of the like color grading of the film? I was mm. really thinking about the color when I rewatched this. It was like a, was like a sepia toned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they put a fil- an Instagram filter over yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. But there's like a lot of yellow and orange. Like I don't know what yeah. that was meant to... I think just maybe, maybe it sort of emulates sort of like jazz. stage lighting and yeah. I don't know. What it feels like, it just feels like you're in the like the depths of the, of the dark like music rooms of this um, university that mm. they're at. Like everything is yeah, yellow, like crispy brown. Like yeah. the color of like um, these instruments that they're playing. Like it's, yeah, it's really cool and I'm sure if we did a bit more further research, you could just, Chazelle would have it. Yeah, nice or maybe he that. just since he didn't have much funding, he couldn't actually afford stage lighting, so <laughs> it was just normal <laughs> room lighting. Oh yeah, I feel like, like yeah, flick flick the lights on, boys. <laughs> I, I feel like filming. I feel like he La La Land's obviously a very colorful movie, but I think um, maybe that's part of his style as well. Just you know, likes to play with color depending on the tone of the movie. Quick little scene that I like that jumped out at me that I think dives into. Uh, Miles Teller's character, Andrew Neiman, who's obviously the protagonist of the film, he's really awkward. And I think that we first see that when he asks out uh, Nicole Mm -hmm. at the movie theater. And just like, I think that plays into the anxiety of it. Like you're kind of watching, just kind of cringing at like how he interacts with. It would 100% be he's he's not like, he's not the best socially because he's isolated himself to like hone his craft. Yeah. But I think that, that I don't I don't think we've seen a character like that. Like he's very smart and he's obviously very talented, but um 
to kind of start the movie with him being really awkward and you see how alone he is and just like rehearsing on his own. And he's also 19 in the movie. Yeah, he's, he's freshman. He's, yeah. yeah. And to like think 18, about 19. that, like yeah. one year into uni and this is who he is. Um, I just think that it was a really interesting way to kind of introduce his character. Um, what do you guys think of his early sort of part of his arc? I think like, I think on the case of him sort of being a bit of a lonesome character, um, it's a bit necessary to have it that way because he wants to be one of like the great drummers to mm. ever like go down in history. <clears throat> and I think if he was, he was a bit of a socialite or um, popular or whatever you want to call it, mm. then he like, then he might not have been able to pursue like his dreams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I think he, they portrayed it really well, and Miles Teller's obviously a it's, phenomenal actor. Yeah, the start of it is like he's going one way. He's taking his bed out of his dorm room and and literally stationed it like right next to the practice room mm. um, with a picture of like Buddy Rich and his bed on the ground. So like nothing, the bare minimum. Mm. Um, so he's fully encompassing himself in his like practice and his work, but he's still tethered to the idea of, oh, I think I might want to get a girlfriend. Like I need to explore these other options in life. Mm. Um, and then moving <laughs> like further away from that, then he just goes all in and cans every other aspect of his life off. Yeah. I think it's interesting that especially Miles Teller, who you'd think in real life is a very like animated social car- uh, person. And like we've seen him in Project X and stuff. Um, like to play this character was interesting that he was able to do it so well. It's very different to the character he played the year before in Spectacular Now. Spectacular Now, mm. like he was um like a socialite there, like so charismatic. Yeah. Um. So he's got range. Of course. Yeah. What do we think about Fletcher's introduction? It's obviously <laughs> very different. Yeah. I um I have a bit of a take on Fletcher. So if if you're listening and you haven't haven't watched this film. If I could compare J.K. Simmons' performance as Terence Fletcher in this movie, I would like put it up against the likes of like Heath Ledger, mm. The Joker, Willem Dafoe, Green Goblin, and like Ray Fiennes, Voldemort almost because in terms of villains, in terms of like a villainous character that you're even as a viewer you you're love watching, watching, you love it, but you're also like this guy's a nutcase. Mm. Yeah, he fully is. Like yeah. he's a complete psychopath. And yeah, I've, I've like watched a lot of essays that put him up as one of the like most chilling villains just because he's so manipulative and like just completely <laughs> tears everyone to shreds. I think yeah. the, things, the thing with these sort of villains um, and you'd call him a villain like because he's like playing with people's emotions, mm. sending them to the edge, but he's such a good villain to the fact where you're watching him and you're, you're also like a bit conflicted in yourself, like with his motives to make someone great and like weed out the weak. Mm. You're sort of like, okay, I kind of get that. Yeah. But the methods of which he does um, are detrimental to like people's mental health mm. um, and just like broader social aspects. But yeah. that's like the best thing about the best villains. Like you look at Thanos in Marvel, you're like, okay, you know, he's killing half the population of the universe, but his motive is to do it to preserve life and better enrich the lives of those that remain. Mm. Yeah, and so it's fine. 
<laughs> yeah, so it's all sweet. Yeah, like Thanos was right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I completely agree. And yeah, you're right. The the these iconic villains are those that you can connect with and you can kind of understand their motive and what uh is driving them to do maybe these like evil things, but you can still understand it and it's the best thing to be conflicted by it. And yeah, you're like annoyed at yourself for yeah. like sort of enjoying it. Yeah. And like Fletcher as well. There's these moments where you think he's a nice guy, like especially at the start. Um, Neiman gets <laughs> invited to the first like studio band practice and he comes in late after telling him to come in at 6am or whatever, doesn't say anything, has like his uh, earphones in, like doesn't say a word to everyone. And I, when I was rewatching it, the camera before he like gets into the songs, everyone's like looking down or scared and... When I first watched this, I like didn't really notice that because you don't know what he's gonna do. Mm. Um, but then we get the whole um, someone's out of tone scene, and he Puts investigates in face, like yeah. which one it is, and like slowly one by one, like drills it down to this poor, scared, like kind of chubby guy who ended up like he confesses even <laughs> though he wasn't out of tune. Yeah, and then he kicks him out and goes. Yeah, look, Williams, it was you, but I kicked him out because he didn't know he was out of tune. Yeah, and, and like, that's worse. To think that this guy can convince someone that they're wrong just by staring at them is and, insane. And mm. just and that one, that's what makes him so evil. Because as you said, he's trying to make someone great, but like, and I'm sure we'll talk about this throughout. Uh, is it really necessary to take can, it to that level? Tweak someone's mind. Yeah. They're obviously at a, at a top music school in a top band, but he's still. I've said he's. A, he's emo- I wrote down his emotional torment. Um, like at the start of that scene, he kicks that bloke out, and then he lets Neiman get on the drums. Um, he's like, "Oh man, you're like you're doing a really good job. Like, like we've got a. This guy's a freshman. He's like bringing him up. Yeah. And I'm like, oh god, oh god, he's being too nice. Yeah. yeah. He's and been then, so nice. And he's then so he nice. is into it. Then he just pegs a symbol at his <laughs> he head. Lobs a symbol. And then the uh, is it this? Is it this first session that he gets into the um, mode of, um, you're not on my time. Yeah. Like you're right rushing. You're dragging. Yeah. Yeah. That's that one. Immediately. The first scene. Yeah. So he brings him up, and like Neiman's like so stoked, and the drummer. You can see if you rewatch it, like if you've watched it like two or three times, and you want to analyze all this other stuff, mm. the the like the main drummer at the time next to him is like not even flinching to the fact that Fletcher's bringing Neiman up. He's just like, oh, he's about to get wrecked. Oh, really? He knows it's coming. He's just staring, like he's like staring up like he's going to get wrecked. (laughs) And then he just tears him to shreds, makes Neiman cry. Single tear, little bitch. (laughs) (laughs) What are you, one of those single tear people? (laughs) Yeah, that, I remember first seeing that scene, I was like, yeah, he's like being so nice. Mm. He obviously uh, exploded the guy out of tune, but when he fucking... Start saying nah, nah, like you know, and the way that the scene unfolds, he's like, yeah, just not it quite just, my tempo. It and just exponentially like, gets bigger. It's a, he's like still being nice, but then he starts to fucking go ham, and I think that, like, especially the way that J.K. plays it, he's just like navigates this nice guy, and then he fucking just lifts the lid, he elevates, yeah. And the way that he screams, he's like, or are you gonna be on my fucking? Time? And you're like, holy fuck. Like, imagine being this, like, music player 
And this guy's like screaming in your face. Probably on like a Tuesday, like Tuesday morning. It's 9 (laughs) a.m. Simmons, Simmons would have had an absolute blast like filming this movie just with like full freedom to say whatever he Mate, wants. He was like gonna pop veins in his like forehead. He's, yeah, like, he's like neck all muscles ripped like, and ah. shit as well. He's like he's really strong. Little t-shirts. Yeah, black t-shirt. <laughs> um, but yeah, crazy scene, and, and that's like so early in the movie. Um, but it immediately spurs on Neiman. He we have those scenes that you talked about earlier, Tom. Like. Um, you know, he's getting like those jugs of ice and he's like rehearsing heaps hard and he's, starting and he's, to put screaming, he's on screaming his, at himself. Yeah, he's like, oh, fuck. Um, but what I love about those sort of montages where we see him like trying to work on his craft and how what Fletcher did, even though it was insanely titty making him cry the first time um, and <laughs> make him yell out like I'm upset in front of everyone. <laughs> I'm upset. Yeah. Um, to then see what the effect is on him. Yeah. And like it how like spurs a bit of motivation in him to. Yeah. But that's the thing going back to himself. Fletcher's motive is I either make these people crack and give up, which means they were never meant to be the best, mm. or I send them into a new mode, a new level, and then unlock the best potential they could have. Mm. And I yeah. think the funny thing as well, going with you saying like it sort of spurs a bit of motivation in him, we get no sort of. We don't dive in at all to his relationship with his girlfriend. It goes from him like asking her out to like us sort of knowing that they're dating and Mm. then maybe like a quarter, no, like a third of the way into the film, he just like sits her down at this little diner and goes, so listen, I don't think we should be together anymore. And here are the reasons. (laughs) And here are the reasons. I want to focus on drumming. Uh, I think you're going to hold me me back. Yeah. And you're going to resent me because I'm not going to spend time with you because I'm just going to be drumming. (laughs) Yeah, let's get into that scene. She's like, wait, so then you'll just resent me for like supporting you and stuff like that. And he's like, well, yeah. (laughs) It's it's such a, it's he says so many words and she just like, she just accepts it and goes like, well, you're a psycho. And he's like, okay. It's sad in a way because... She yeah she says so you know that for a fact that I will hold you back from being great and he's like yeah <laughs> he's like yeah and like that's fucked if you think about like obviously it's you know he sort of he is a bit selfish in the way that like he views her um, college that she goes to as like not not the best yeah um, she, and like he she doesn't sees, have a plan she doesn't have like drive like he does so mm-hmm. he's like went on the same level. Um, and you know that's that's hard for someone to hear, but he he just like is going all in at this point. Like. Mm. And that's the same as when they're sitting around the dinner table with his family, and Great he's got scene. his his brother who's on like scenes. a D three college football team. It he's like D3. the QB. <laughs> yeah. He's like it's only D three, man. Like it's that's a great scene. He gets there for family dinner. Obviously, they're all at different colleges mm. um, in America. You know, they don't see each other that much when you go to college. They come for dinner, and every single member in the family is just going. So how so how's drumming? How's your little drumming thing yeah. going? How's that drumming stuff going? And he's like, oh, he's getting all pissed off. Yeah. And then when the footballer walks it. in, they're like, hey, hey, he threw the game-winning touchdown. And, and he's like, it's D3. And then yeah. they started gassing up at him and they're like, mate, like, <clears throat> you're going to end up like um, your, your guys like Bobby Rich and stuff, like mm. dead at the age of 40, like a drunk. Mm. And he's like, I'd rather end up dead, drunk, and people remember my name as doing something than like, Dying at old age, dying at old age, like satisfied, like not satisfied with my life and no one remembering me. Mm. Yeah, it's insane. That's his viewpoint and the other people. In front of his family. What does his uncle ask him as well? He goes, do you have any friends, Andy? And he's like, nope, never really saw the use for them. Yeah, Yeah, and he's like (laughs) so confident with that answer as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that scene... He dominates that, like, yeah. dinner table. Yeah, absolutely. And even his dad is there kind of, like... Yeah, he says, like, you know, dying at the age of 30, like, overdosing on heroin is, like, not my picture of success. But he still, like, disagrees with him. Um, but, yeah, I think that scene... His dad makes, like... Oh, I can't get it in my head. His dad makes this little snippy comment that you can, like, barely hear in the scene. Mm. But, like, it's, like, the most demoralizing snippy comment from a father that later on in the movie he ends up you know realizing supporting neiman and whatnot but like that that moment in that scene just really pissed me off yeah it makes this little and comment the, just to get a one-up on it yeah and the auntie goes oh like we're at a table greatness blah 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 and then she like eats a bit of food and then she's like and andy with your with music your drumming with or whatever your music. it's like oh fuck like <laughs> you don't know what he's been through woman but yeah, great scene. I think that the writing of that was really good just to like really grind your gears and show why Andy, you know, has broken off with his girlfriend and like does. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's kind of, it is, it is a bit of a like sort of far-fetched view of like achieving greatness, mm. but this but it's to the maximum needs. and like yeah. you're going to have to have a movie go to the extremes. Yeah. Um, and even looking back at it now that we've just talked about that scene, it goes back to Chazelle trying to um, make these scenes and this movie feel like music is like a sport, mm. like going gritting to the bone. Yeah. And in this in that family scene, they're supporting the guy who plays sport over the guy in the arts and music. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one scene that I really liked re-watching this was when – so Tanner is the core drummer mm-hmm. um, and he tells Neiman to hold on to his folder mm. and Neiman gets like a can and Fletcher had just said before, if I see anyone's folder lying around, like I'm going to fuck you up um, and then goes to give the folder back to him. He's like, oh, where's the folder? And then it's gone. The guy fucking blows up. Tanner, literally, you can see the fear in his eyes. Yeah. Like his life is he's over. He's like, you fuck. You fuck. <laughs> but, he also, but he also seems, he also is like a bit confident because he feels like um, Andrew's going to get in trouble, get not roasted. him. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, well, why the fuck did you give it to Andrew? Andrew then gets to play in front of the concert or whatever. 
Um, and he nails it. And he nails it. And Fletcher, uh, you can kind of see this small smirk and you can see Andy's like enjoying playing and they win. Mm. And it's like, oh, okay, well, this is why he's been rehearsing so hard. He broke up with his girlfriend. He's being a dick to his family who don't get what he's trying to do. Man, and he's, starting he's to still see got his... no friends because then everyone in the band thinks that he sabotaged Tanner by yeah. you know, throwing out the thing and like memorizing the songs. Mm. So they're like, don't touch my book, man. Yeah, yeah. Question for you. Because Fletcher just said, if I see anyone's folder lying around, I'm going to fuck you up. He then... Where, who took the folder? Yeah. So Fletcher took the floor. Do you reckon Fletcher took it to like, uh, I don't know. Fuck with everyone. It's like, man, he, go, he gets a, literally like a can of Coke and it's, and gone. it's gone from it, literally a meter away from him. Yeah. Like, where did it go? And how did he not see someone? Mate, you don't know what Fletcher's <laughs> the up magic to. Magic of movie making. But eh? do you actually think that he might have done I it? I think he could, yeah. Because he's just that manipulative. Fletcher and moves like a mouse. He was probably just, watching mm. fucking Andy everywhere anyway. But yeah, he's got it all planned out, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he he's had like a little plan for Andy. Like, yeah, he had a plan for Andy. Prodding. But, yeah, just rewatching, and I was like, who actually did take that and could Fletcher have done it? So, interesting question. New scene that I love. Ask the audience. <laughs> <laughs> scene that I love mm-hmm. that is just just beautiful, just four actors, the four-hour, like, drum rotation, oh. like, tryouts for the – he brings in, like, Andy's um, original partner in, like, yeah. the second string Connelly. or, like – the freshman shitty band yeah. brings him in and does the same thing that he did to Andy at the very start, like gasses him up. He's like, oh, this guy's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And Andy's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like he can't even, like he, he's so shit. <laughs> and he's like all on himself right now. Yeah, he's like, like no, 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 come on. Like, And then he has the, he has Tanner, he has um, Connolly, and he has Neiman just rotating because they can't play fast enough at the double time swing mm. um, for, for like Caravan. And Neiman um, Fletcher is just giving it to all of them. And then the their session starts at like 9 p.m. at night. Yeah. And then they come back in, like the rest of the band, to start their like um, practice at 2 a.m. Yeah. It's insane. It's the whole fun. band is sitting out in the other <laughs> yeah. room, like in the hallway, like on yeah. the couch, just waiting for these drummers who have been playing one bar. There's little snippets of like five yeah, the guys waiting yeah. outside. And you just hear Neiman and uh, Fletcher in the <laughs> other room just screaming at them. And they're all just like got a head pod, like AirPods in or headphones just like. Uh. As if it's like normal. <laughs> but yeah, insane scene. They're like sweating. Like they're, they're like dying. Like Connolly would like do it. And you'd think that he was going to get it. You're like, oh! And then he's like, no, get off you fuck. <laughs> Mate, I, like, oh. I just have as a dot point on my notes, like. Fletcher's insults. And we can't even say like a lot of them on here because, you know, we'd get fired from our day jobs. (laughs) Um, But during that scene, there's one like Conley like gets on for his rotation and he starts like adjusting the chair. He's like, oh, is it the chair height? Oh, so now you've got it. You stupid leprechaun fuck. (laughs) (laughs) He's so good. And he's like that. Those bits are actually funny. Like it's good to have like some of it's, Less dark than others. Mate, like the premise of him like berating these like kids in college is dark, but some of the insults that J.K. Simmons throws out there, and they're yeah. probably ad lib as well. Do you reckon? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and they're just so funny. Like one of them, he yells out at him, he's like, "You pansy ass fruit fuck!" <laughs> yeah. Like, how does that come into your head? It's definitely like ad lib. What am I, Sanjay fucking Gupta? <laughs> 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 it's so good, fucking amazing scene. But Andy. 
wins in the end, which is amazing. And he starts like kind of throwing the drums around him while he's still playing. Oh, like, yes. Faster! He's pegging stuff that they're not using, like full-on snare drums, yeah. cymbals across the room. What's um, even more fucked is they that... They all got bleeding hands yeah. and then they have to start their regular session. Then they session. have to start. <laughs> yeah, they have to start again. <laughs> He's so fucked. Amazing scene. Another good scene straight after that, which kind of again goes through that roller coaster of Fletcher being nice and kind of understanding who he actually is and what he's doing is we get the scene where he talks about his former student who um, died in what mm. he thinks is a car accident and he's kind of playing the songs... And we get that monologue from him where he's kind of tearing up and I don't know what it what he actually says, but um I think that was just before the three hour, four hour like drum off. So we get this like really nice, heartfelt scene. Mm, yeah. We're like, okay, I, I get this guy. He's he actually really cares Fletcher, about yeah. his students um and wanting to make them great. Um, but again, we just get that massive juxtaposition and JK just fucking kills it in both elements. Um, I think there's like two more main scenes to cover. Mm. It's the um, the car crash scene when yep. he's running late and then there's the final scene. So car crash scene, um, Andrew, they've got like a 11 a.m. call time at this competition on the weekend. Um, Andrew's getting the bus Bus breaks down, goes and hires a car. Yep. He's driving. Some blokes like he's like he's like five minutes off. Some blokes calling him. He's he's on the phone. He's like, where are you? Don't don't uh, text and drive, kids. And um, he's like, where are you? He's like, I'm fucking coming. I'm fucking coming. Boom. Gets t-boned by a truck. <laughs> Mate walks it off. Just gets Runs. up. The bloke. He's got blood everywhere. He, his hands like broken. He walks it off. Sprints to the place. Um, like runs into the um. Runs into the room, starts trying to play. He's like dropping his dropping his um, drumsticks and everything. Um, Fletcher like cans it. They go back into the backstage because I think they have like a few songs you play mm. over and over in these competitions. Yeah. And he fucks it. He gives the job to Conley, mm. and then they like um, Fletcher and Neiman like square off. Like Neiman is like irate. He's like, no, Conley is like a sack of shit. He doesn't know how to like, play. Turn my songs. pages, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off, Johnny. You don't like, turn my pages, bitch. <laughs> He's like, this is my fucking part. And then, like, Fletcher's like, who are you to tell me what I can and cannot do? And that, I think that's when he calls him a pansy-ass fruit fuck. <laughs> yeah. um, um, that scene was, like, so hard to watch, just the lengths that this guy will go to um, perform and, yeah. and keep his spot mm. on the team or the band. Yeah, it's insane. And to think that, you know, he's bleeding, he can't even hold the sticks, and, like, he's, like, kind of swaying around, not... Doesn't know. Mate, he's concussed. He's, he's yeah. in shock. Um, his hand is bleeding and broken. Um, yeah, he's got no clue what's going on. Yeah. But he then tackles Fletcher <laughs> in front of everyone. Yeah, in front of the whole And he's thing. like, fuck you. And you think he's going to start like swinging at him? Oh, he tried to. That's but, for sure. Yeah, it just shows he tried how to, much and he Conley cares. and Tanner are holding him back. Yeah. The two other drummers. It's insane. But yeah, amazing scene. Um, Actually, how satisfying it was when he just full on rugby tackled him. Yeah, <laughs> we all want a great to. connection. <laughs> he just um, kicks the bass drum out of the way and just lobs himself at Fletcher. Kills <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. his body. <laughs> um, before we talk about the final drum solo, um, I think that, like you said, the monologue where Andrew sees Fletcher at the 
the jazz bar. The jazz bar. Because he's been fired after mm. the tackle incident. And they've, you know, they've, talked about how the former student actually killed himself and they report Fletcher's methods. Yeah, they've like added him as, you know, just being emotionally taxing to all these children and yeah. the student body student body and parent body get him out of the mm. teaching sphere. Mm. Yeah. What do you guys think, um, think of that dialogue? Yeah, I think I think the dialogue between there perfectly sums up the entire movie to this point and it pretty mm. much just spells out what's happened like I have I have the quote here if like you want to bear with me for a minute because it's like pretty interesting. Yeah. Um he's talking about like how um the next was Charlie Parker. How, he's talking about Charlie Parker and how he came about. And he goes Parker's a young kid, pretty good on the sax, gets up to play a, at a cutting session and he fucks it up and Jones nearly decapitates him for it. And he's laughing off stage, cries himself to sleep that night. But the next morning, what does he do? He practices. And a year later, he goes back to the Reno and he steps up on that stage and he plays the best solo the world has ever heard. So imagine if Jones had just said, well, that's okay, Charlie. Good job. And then Charlie thinks to himself, well, shit, I did do a pretty good job. End of story. And Andrew goes, but is there a line? You know, maybe you go too far and discourage the next Charlie Parker from ever being Charlie Parker. And Fletcher goes, no, man. Because the next Charlie Parker would never be discouraged. Mm. And then there's that quote as well that Fletcher says, there are no two words in the English language more harmful than good job. Yeah. yeah. And that just sums up the entire movie and Fletcher's like approach. Yeah. Mm. It's insane. And I think that the way that he says like no man, it's like really chill and it seems really nice. But mm. if you actually think about he between him and Andrew, Andrew tackled him. They've fucking had all these arguments and yelling and he's still just so nonchalantly he doesn't, says, nah, man, like there's no he doesn't. He doesn't care about the reactions of these people like getting tackled and whatnot. He, his sole goal is to find the next Charlie Parker. Like, yeah. He's obsessed with it. And he'll go to extreme measures to get there. Yeah, but the fact that he's like so chill about saying like, nah, there's no fucking line is like, he's a psycho. Yeah. It's fucked. But I think, I don't know, I, I feel like there is a lot of... I guess after uh, Neiman's sort of ratted him out, I, I feel like there is a bit of like respect there between the two that you've yeah. sort of like been through that whole process together already. Mm. Even though Fletcher has a little, it has a little, has a little plan own. to sort of fuck with Neiman at the yeah. end. But um, yeah, you sort of see that they can sort of sit there and have a drink um, mm. at a bar and sort of like talk it out. Yeah. Um, nah, but Fletcher's still a psycho. I think he's got that plan yeah, in the back of his head. head. It's, it's in the back of his head. He wants to be nice know. to name in there. Yeah. Another thing that, just quickly before we talk about the kind of what happens after, when I was rewatching this, you know how he he's at the bar and he sees Fletcher playing this like really nice like piano kind of solo and he finishes and Fletcher sees him and then Andrew goes to like leave mm. and he's trying to like get out. There's people in the door yeah. in the way. And he goes, Andrew. And then he like he kind of like flinches. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> yeah, he's got PTSD or something. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like if you rewatch it, he like full like flinches. Like, oh, like, yeah, hey. He hears but, flinches. Hey, yeah, he's like <laughs> fully like so just messed up. Messed up from him. Um, but I just thought that was worth noting as well. Let's talk about the final scene. final drum solo. Before we get into this final scene, Tom told me something this afternoon. Reckons it's up there as one of the best endings of a film ever yeah i think i think the twist ending and the final sequence of the um, performance and final drum solo is genuinely in my opinion one of the greatest endings of a movie all time yeah i completely agree i think that yeah if you factor in performances 
like what has happened in terms of story, yeah, plot twist. Like just capitulating right yeah. at the, the final point. Both performances too, mm-hmm. like camera work, cinematography, everything just so good. Yeah. So final scene, what, Fletcher invites Neiman to be the drummer on this professional band. Mm. Yep. And he tells him that, yeah, you know, we do the we do the same songs the as the, as the uh, Schaefer band, you know, Whiplash, everything. Caravan. Caravan. And uh, he's all he's all sweet for it. He's prepared himself, and he gets up on stage, and he's got he's got um and he opens, whiplash. He opens whiplash in, in his folder, and everyone else opens obviously a different song. Yeah, and um, Fletcher, Fletcher introduces the band to the audience, and he's like he's like da 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 da. He's like we're going to play a new one here tonight. Like um, any <laughs> names? I can't remember the name. Up swinging or something. Yeah, it's like and he walks and up like, to Neiman. oh fuck. He walks up yeah. to um Andrew, and just like. Just slowly hunches over him and stares in his eyes. Mid song, goes, "I know it was you." Yeah. <laughs> so you uh, think oh. I'm fucking stupid? I knew it was you. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck! And, I, and th- honestly, in that moment, I got scared for Neiman. I was like, "Oh my god, no!" Like, yeah, he's, <laughs> he's toast. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I remember when I first watched this. Obviously, it's a huge reveal when you first watch it. But yeah, I was so scared as well, and just like the way that he says it you realize that he's plotted this whole thing from the jazz bar. Like he's just a sicko. And on paper, you're, you're talking about a guy who doesn't know the songs at a jazz concert, but the way that it's built up to this moment is just insane. Mm. Um, so he tries, he like tries to play the song and then like sort of walks off stage. He's like, I can't do this. He goes and hugs um, his dad. And he hugs his dad. Um, and then he sort of gets a bit of a, spur of aggression and he runs back on stage mm. for the next song and he takes it and over he, um yeah and he just fully takes over he just, just goes on solo. he just starts this drum solo and fletcher walks up and he goes he's like, he's like what the hell are you doing neiman and he's like i'll cue you <laughs> i'll cue you yeah and then he's sort of just drumming 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 and he like no he says i'll cue you to the bass player next to it and then yeah but then the bass player's like, what that. the fuck man yeah he's like what are you doing He's oh, like, and caravan, Fletcher, let's go. Yeah, he like Fletcher like leans over the symbol and he smacks the symbol back in yeah. his face. Yeah, that's epic. Nah, the what you're thinking of when he says, Andrew, what are you doing, man? Is when he so they play caravan, they nail it, but then oh, he keeps yeah, playing he and keeps playing. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, Andrew, what are you doing, man? I'll kill you. <laughs> but yeah, that is just insane. And, and then like he goes, the, and then he goes all the way down really slowly, yeah. and and um and Fletcher's like, <laughs> he's like he's raising his hand he's like come on and then he starts getting faster and faster and they're just like locking eyes and Fletcher's hands just shaking and going up and up and up he's like, ah. he, goes, so, he goes back forth back forth yeah. goes, ah. I think what's it's so insane. good about that they they just nail it both of them but you're seeing from Fletcher's side he's the like coach if you will mm. wanting to get greatness out of his student mm. and they they just have this unity you're seeing it prevail you're seeing it prevail I have a take on, on this um, final scene is that for Fletcher, the whole scene, it's a win-win situation for him. If he embarrasses Neiman and Neiman fully gives up, he's like, fuck yeah, I got my revenge. Mm. Fuck him. But if it comes out the other end, which it did, he's like, fuck yeah, I got my Charlie, uh, my Charlie Parker. Mm-hmm. I created my Charlie Parker. Yeah. So literally Fletcher, even the villain that he is, he got his win-win situation. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's funny how they butt heads for the entire movie, even though they both have the sort of same goal. Like Neiman yeah. wants to be a great. He wants, to, he wants a great. to find his, yeah. his next Charlie Parker, but 
they get to this moment at the end where they sort of it's two close up shots and they both look at each other in the eyes and they're both smiling mm. right before the final sort of shebang and then and then it's sort of like they've both sort of hit their goal of the whole mm. movie. Yeah. The final cuts um before it blacks out is um Neiman's eyes and then onto Fletcher's eyes and then you see Fletcher's cheeks sort of rise and I'm like mm. It's just an eye shot, and you're like, "Oh, was Fletcher smiling there? Like, was he happy?" But like, you don't know. Yeah. And then it goes back on. He like he like cues him for the last little bit, mm. and Neiman just does a little, brrr, and then boom, goes to black. Yeah. So I'm like, "Wow, like, is Fletcher smiling there? Like, is he fully happy?" Mm. I think that I've seen a lot of interviews with Chazelle, and he left it a bit obscure in that way because, yeah, he would have won either way, but you question whether he's like genuinely happy for. Andrew reaching that potential or is he more just caring about himself and like, mm. yeah, I got my Charlie Parker. Mm-hmm. But insane. It's open to interpretation for yeah. everyone, yeah. Um, I think a few other little things to add in the scene because um, it's just edited so well, but we get that really cool, which is now a bit of a Chazelle shot where the camera is on Neiman playing and then it quickly pans to oh, but like it doesn't cut. It doesn't cut. It's it just a full like just insane. Yeah, and you're like quick. getting nauseous, and it's just like, going oh. back and forth. And um, if you think about what you said earlier, how they did like one take of everything. I'm sure they did a few for this, mm. but you got Miles Taylor having to play this insane drum thing. You got J.K. having to conduct, and the cameras. Time some guy in the middle. Some guy in the middle is like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whoever that guy is, he fucking nailed it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was one worth noting. Another one was. I really like the shot of Andrew's dad. He's like between the door crack and he's seeing what Andrew's doing when he just goes ham on the solo. And yeah. you're like, yeah. It's not his little drumming anymore. And it's no. all, it's it's the almost like the first him. time he's sort of seen him drum and he goes, yeah. wow, like, wow, like my kid is like pretty special at this. Yeah. And, and his some, face is just stupid like... Div 3 college football player. <laughs> yeah, D3, bro. Um, yeah. But yeah, amazing ending. And I think that. Everything about it, we've said, you know, cinematography, camera work, lighting, the colors, performances were just amazing. And I think it's, even though you know what's going to happen, it's still very rewatchable. Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like rewatching yeah. it, I watched it last Sunday in preparation for this. And you just like, you can't turn it off. You can't take your eyes off it. Yeah. You're so satisfied when it, when you finish it. Mm. Yeah. I think I first watched it a few years ago and then. It recently just came out on Netflix, and mm. I remember opening Netflix one one day, and it was the spotlight. And it was on the it. spotlight, yeah. and I I didn't even scroll Netflix. I just clicked play. <laughs> yeah. I went, yep, I'm watching this. And then you told me, "Can we please do an episode? <laughs> please, can we please <laughs> do an episode?" Um, um, you get. Uh, I've watched a few interviews as well with Chazelle. Um, Chazelle, he gets asked a lot about a sequel, a potential sequel, mm-hmm. and he just goes, "Nah, no sequel needed." Uh, what I envision, what happens in Neiman's life is. Yeah, he becomes the, one of the greatest drummers to ever live, but he's solely focused on that and he dies at like 30 to 40. Yeah. No, sequel, sequel is um, Fletcher becomes the music teacher at a middle school band and um, there's 12-year-old <laughs> kids and he kids. just abuses kids. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> Goes to jail, gets fucking God knows what. Um, nah, yeah, I think it's good on its own and that's what makes it so great and mm. so iconic. No, um, absolutely no sequel needed whatsoever. No. no. One final question I've got for you guys. Do you think his methods are necessary, Fletcher, to achieve greatness in someone? Um, 
Because that we talked about how they well, succeeded put, in their mission. I'll put my stamp on it, and I've watched this movie four times. I I don't hate what Fletcher did. I think it's fine. But do you think that that's the only way to get it's not, no, out of No, hundred percent. It's not the only way. There's different methods to to achieve anything. But um, I think Neiman bought into his methods, and him and Fletcher clicked. And I I think he's. I don't think he's a 100% a villain in this story. Okay. I think you, you you see it that way because you see Neiman succeed at the end. Mm. But if you if you look at it the other way with the kids that potentially, like the fat kid on the trombone who gets kicked out of stage. Yeah, what band, happens like, to him? What happens to him? He probably goes home and he's got, goes and becomes an accountant. He got trauma for the rest <laughs> of his life. Like that's the thing that I thought about this movie is I thought that there was a pretty like heavy underlying theme on like mm. what it takes to be a student athlete. Mm. And like I know for a fact that people go to college and they fall out of love, fall with, the out of love with the sport that they've played their whole life mm. just because they get grilled so hard and yeah. they get trained so hard. doesn't become and, as fun anymore. Yeah, and they, they drop out. They uh, But iron they, sharpens iron, man. That's the thing. Like you see the people. Only diamonds up, can cut diamonds. Yeah, you, you <laughs> see the people who end up in these like professional leagues and yeah. stuff and like they've made it out the other side. But what happens to the people who don't make it out of the other side? Well, then our professional leagues wouldn't be as good. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, but then you got all these kids who are just like scarred well, they, from well, they weren't made from for the Fletchers of, yeah. of college. I, I agree with Fletcher so much for some reason. Like it's the <laughs> thing. It's like no man. Well, then he wouldn't be Charlie Parker. Yeah, but you said yeah, but you said you were on Thanos's side to destroy. <laughs> I must be a psycho. Yeah, you're a dark, <laughs> dark human, mate. I reckon, like, if you actually think about what he did, he like, I, I think that he full took the folder for one. So. He plotted this whole like revenge. What about thing. that baby he was talking to in the hallway? Maybe he like plotted the baby. He was, to go he was steal like, You're gonna hall. come join my band when you're in college? He's like five years old. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, he's like, You're gonna come join my band. I'm gonna fucking destroy you. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait. It's like his niece or something. <laughs> but I reckon that like he's he's a he's a sick like bastard. Like he plotted all these insanely elaborate like revenge things, like, oh, I'm gonna get Neiman to join this professional band and then I'm gonna do the wrong like song so that he stuffs up like obsession is 1000% the best <laughs> word to describe this movie cuz yeah they're like, both you obsessed. don't see anything about his personal life like he's obsessed with his craft of you know honing these skills of these kids weeding out the weak and harnessing the strong and yeah it's just obsession across the board with everyone mm. in this whole movie yeah absolutely any other final takes before we wrap up? Uh, not a final take, but a final fun fact. Out of the 45 nominations that J.K. Simmons received for this role as Best Supporting Actor, how many do you think that he – how many do you think he did one? 45. That's a lot. He received 45 nominations. Different, like, now that so you many. say that. You think it's low? I think it's all of them. <laughs> I think he got 30. 30? Yeah. And you think all of them? Yeah. He got 40 out of 45. Oh, oh my shit. Insane. Yeah. And like the ones he didn't get were just like random ones. Mm. Yeah. But that um, year, there was still some insane. Like 2014 was a year for film. Yeah. yeah. But I think one of the um, sort of most impressive ones that he did win was Best Supporting Actor of the Decade. Okay. Wow. So that makes up for the five that he lost. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So. You're the greatest. So he won 39 in 2014 with all the awards and then he caps it off for the 40 bomb. 40th in 2020 for the decade. What I would say to cap this episode off is I think Whiplash is a very um, underwatched movie for Mm. people of our age. Um, And I would say any any person, you probably wouldn't listen to this podcast if you haven't watched it, (laughs) but just go and watch it or make 
any one of your friends or family watch it because it is an amazing Tell movie. the camera. Watch it within the first 48 hours of listening to this podcast. <laughs> force your mum, force your dad, force your best friend to watch it. It's Don't watch it at work because it's not safe for work. <laughs> no, Fletcher will get you fired. <laughs> <laughs> well said, boys. So that is a wrap for Whiplash. What a film. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cinemates, a podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks. A huge thank you to Tom and Angus, as always, for coming on the podcast. Good yeah, chatting man. With you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you no very much for having us. As always, please let us know what you want to hear about in future episodes by sending us a DM on Instagram or TikTok at Cinemates underscore. Otherwise, we'll catch you for the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Cinemates. Make sure to follow us and leave a review on your chosen streaming platforms. Also, check out our Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube channel for more Cinemates content. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge Australia's First Nations people as the traditional owners and custodians of the land and pay respect to the Camaragal people of the Eora Nation upon whose country Cinemates is based. We honour the storytelling and culture of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities across Australia. Also, in the spirit of chatting with mates, remember it's always important to check in with those around you. Whether it's friends, family or colleagues, sometimes they may be going through a hard time. Chatting with them may reassure them that they aren't alone. If you or anyone you know is ever struggling, call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.